Welcome to another bonus episode of Keeping It 100. This is Jordan Rosario, aka DJ Storytime, and today we are going to be talking about uh, some of the college football games that we're going over uh, this past Saturday. We're also going to get into the uh, NFL games that happened yesterday as well. We're going to be previewing two particularly important games, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the New England Patriots and the... Falcons taking on the Green Bay Packers. We are also going to be talking about the NBA Finals, get some uh, reaction for Game 3 that took place uh, yesterday on Sunday night. And then we are finally, and I mean finally, going to do Black Clover, a proper review. Yes, I am finally going to go into detail some of the episodes, the beginning episodes from this series. I cannot wait to share this with you all. So let's go ahead and get right into it. stated before this is jordan rosario aka dj story time going solo today no leo no des just myself and i cannot wait to uh, get into some of this action that was going on over this past weekend let's let's go ahead let's start right from the bat the uh, college football season so listen there are a lot, and I mean a lot of particular upsets that we're going to need to talk about. You know, very shocking, very crazy. But at the end of the day, you know, this really brings into a matter of perspective, perhaps. Is it because some of these teams are so good, or is it because some of these college teams fell because of the coronavirus pandemic, not being able to practice, not being in sync or whatnot? But. Let's go ahead and delve into some of these games regardless. So, we're going to start off with the Florida-South Carolina game. Now, that one was not an upset. Uh, Florida won a, a score 38-24. to uh, Kyle Trask had 21 for 29, 268 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. This guy was on fire in Florida. Uh, I mean, I, I, listen, I know you were playing against South Carolina, and that doesn't mean a whole lot now with this team, you know, with them going 0-2. But a very good sh- showing from Trask, and definitely momentum is needed because when I look at Florida— This is definitely a team that could potentially get to the college football playoffs now. They'll definitely have to tackle the likes of a Alabama, a Georgia that might be in the mix. So we'll definitely need to see where all that particularly goes as we get towards the latter part of the season when we get to see some of those big key matchups. But Nevertheless, good victory from Florida, and they definitely get to move their momentum into next week. The next game that we need to talk about, now this one was an upset. TCU, the TCU Horn Frogs upset the Texas Longhorns, who are at the time, I believe, ranked number nine by a score of 33-31. Uh, Max Duggan 
for TCU. Had about 20 completions, 30 attempts for 231 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he did rush 17 times for 79 yards, two touchdowns. Darwin Barlow had eight carries, 28 yards, one touchdown, and let's go ahead and go over to Texas. Sam Ellinger, 17 for 36, 236 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. You know, That's a less than 50% completion rate. Not very good if you're Sam Ellinger. Now, I get it. You got the four touchdowns, but at the end of the day, you're going to need to do a lot better than 50% completion percentage in order to beat a team like TCU. And speaking of Texas, where was your defense? Where was where was your defense when you needed it the most? You were playing at home. You were expected to win this game. You know, being number nine, you this you were expected to you know make yourself potentially. I would say get yourselves over the hump, get yourselves an appearance, maybe potentially sneak into the college football playoffs. But after that embarrassing loss to TCU which by the way let's give credit to TCU where credit is due they definitely played well but Texas we're gonna need you to do a lot better than that in my opinion then the next thing we need to talk about is uh, Tennessee they got the victory 35 to 12 or the Missouri Tigers I thought this was gonna be a close game but I was sadly mistaken uh I, I, you know they it was so bad for Missouri they actually had to get two quarterbacks in this game Connor Basilic started out 13 for 21 218 yards in interception Sean Robinson had to fill in for relief one for four nothing uh you know right to write home about uh, Jared Garantano for Tennessee had 14 for 23, 190 yards, one touchdown. Eric Gray had 16 carries, 105 yards, one touchdown. Ty Chandler had 19 carries, 90 yards, one touchdown. And we also need to take into consideration that Jared, the quarterback, did run for 10 carries, 14 yards, and two touchdowns. Overall, a very convincing win for Tennessee. They move up to a number 12 and, I'm sorry, number 14, and they will, uh, move forward in terms of what the next challenges are. I mean, this is an SEC team, so they're definitely going to play a lot better competition than uh, Missouri, if I have to uh, say so myself. So we'll just have to wait and see what they do. Uh, SMU, they get the victory over Memphis, uh, 30-27. to you know, this was an upset as uh, Memphis, I believe, was ranked uh, number 25 or 24. Uh, Brady Wright for Memphis only had 29 for 42, 296 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions in that game. For SMU, you had Shane Buchel, uh, 32 completions, 45 attempts, 474 yards, three touchdowns. Really excellent game from him, and especially playing at home. SMU is 4-0. They're ranked number 18, and listen... Do I expect them to do anything? Are they going to get to the college football playoffs? No. No one's expecting them to do that. But it is very nice to uh, see, you know, SMU getting themselves, you know, putting, you know, getting themselves a little momentum, a little bit of victory over a a top 25 team. And we'll definitely watch them as they uh, progress through the rest of the season. Uh, UNC, who is now ranked number eight, beats uh, the Boston College Eagles 26 to 22. Uh, Sam Howell for UNC, 14 for 26, 225 yards, two touchdowns, one pick for fuel. Phil Jerkovic for the Boston College Eagles. He went 37 for 56, 313 yards, and two touchdowns. Boston College always plays their opponents tough, and that was no exception with the North Carolina Tar Heels. And what's funny, 
I remember making a comment about this that the ACC, you know, you don't really see that many particularly good teams besides Clemson nowadays, but North Carolina Tar Heels, I mean, you really only talk about them in in basketball circles. Now it sounds like we'll need to talk about them in football circles, you know, but like, but as I stated before with some of these other teams, until we see them play a particularly tough opponent, like I'd like to see them play a Clemson or something like that, then we just kind of need to just wait and watch to see what UNC does. Uh, Cincinnati took the victory over South Florida 28-7. Nothing to write home about for South Florida. Really nothing. Uh, Five interceptions. uh, Two from Jordan McLeod. Three from Contravers Marsh. I mean, uh, I I don't have to talk about anything else. It it was just pretty bad. They were lucky to get seven, if I had to be honest with you. Uh, Desmond Ritter. Now listen, he only went 16 for 26, 143 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. So that's also nothing to write home about. But Garrett Dokes, uh, the running back for Cincinnati, 22 carries, 102 yards, one touchdown. Great, good, good game. Again, they're ranked number 11. So, you know, they're kind of like SMU right now. They're kind of like Tennessee. They're kind of like UNC. They're kind of stuck in this position where it's like we really need to see what they do in order for them to you know move forward in the in the standings are, are they going to be able to move in forward in the standings I really don't know we'll have to wait and see uh, Alabama completely destroyed Texas A&M 52-24. to 24. I don't think that was a surprise to anybody considering, you know, what Alabama is, the Crimson Tide, the Crimson Machine, Nick Saban coaching that team, beating a ranked Texas A&M team. So, you know, got to give, got to give, uh, got to give some clout over to Alabama. Uh, Kellen Mond for the uh, Texas A&M Aggies went 25 for 44, 313 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Uh, Haynes King went in there for a little bit, one for three, 17 yards, and an interception for Alabama. Mac Jones, 20 for 27, 435 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Najee Harris, Ran for 12 carries, 43 yards, and two touchdowns. But the big story, of course, is the wide receivers. I mean, it feels like Alabama is putting together wide receiver after wide receiver like nobody's business nowadays. Uh, John Mechie, five receptions, 181 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Waddle, five receptions, 142 yards, one touchdown. You know, Devonta Smith got in there too, six receptions, 63 yards, one touchdown. But Mechie and Waddle are definitely guys that we're going to be watching out for, you know, especially during um, when they play tougher opponents, when they go into, because uh, everybody thinks that Alabama is going to get into the college football playoffs. And I clearly don't see, barring a huge upset, that they're Pass will be obstructed, and then we'll talk about where they go in the draft, where the wide receivers go, etc., all of that good stuff. Oklahoma State absolutely massacred Kansas Jayhawks of 47-7. Uh, Shane Illingworth, 17-23, 265 yards, three touchdowns. They put in Ethan Bullock after a while because probably Kansas, it was over, so they had to do something, let Shane rest a little bit. Ethan Bullock went 3-7 for seven for 33 yards. And a Chubber Hubbard, the running back star for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, went 20 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns. And Desmond Jackson got in there with 10 carries and 91 yards, too. So, And Tylen Wallace, 9 receptions, 148 yards, 2 touchdowns. Definitely nothing to sneeze at. Braden Johnson, 4 receptions, 74 yards, 1 touchdown. Also nothing to sneeze at. Uh, Kansas, 
Yeah. Uh, Miles Kendrick, 11 completions, 19 attempts, 90 yards a pick. Jalen Daniels went there for a bit, threw for five with two yards. Uh, Velton Garter got a touchdown, rushing back for uh, Kansas Jayhawks. But yeah, again, nothing right to nothing to write home about. If you are Kansas, that was just a embarrassing loss. Virginia Tech picked up the victory over the Duke Blue Devils, thirty-eight to thirty-one. Braxton Burmeister for the Virginia Tech Hokies went nine for twenty-five, hundred sixty-three yards, one touchdown, one interception. Khalil Herbert absolutely destroyed that Blue Devils running back. I'm sorry, running defense as he went for 20 carries, 208 yards, two touchdowns. Braxton Burmeister went 15 carries, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Very good game. Very, uh, it was a very interesting game too because, you know, on the other side for Chase Bryce, he went 22 for 39, 271 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Deion Jackson got in there with 15 carries, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Again, it wasn't, you know, a particularly, you know, no, no quarterbacks or really wide receivers or um, running backs besides a Khalil Herbert lit up the scoreboard, mind you. But it was def- lit up the stat board, I should say. But definitely a very close, very intriguing game and definitely a good game to watch. Uh, Georgia absolutely destroyed Auburn at 27-6. It was a very embarrassing loss to the Tigers. I'm going to be completely honest with that, especially if this was on primetime. Very, very embarrassing. Uh, Bo Nix, 21 for 40, 177 yards, one pick. Not going to get it done, my friend. Uh, for Georgia, it got Stetson Bennett, 17 for 28, 240 yards, one touchdown. Samir White, 19 carries, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Kiaris Jackson, nine receptions, 147 yards. So, all in all, not the highest scoring game, mind you, but definitely a Georgia beatdown was brought to Auburn. And, yeah, after that, Auburn, I don't know if you're going to get into the college football playoffs this year. Looks like uh, Georgia is on its way, but, you know, Georgia, Alabama, they're definitely going to need to uh, play, and we can see more of that picture. And for and this, the hits just keep on coming for Oklahoma, man. I mean, they were just upset by Kansas State a week ago. Now you get upset by the by Iowa State, who was not ranked at the time. Now is ranked 24th. They beat the uh, Oklahoma Sooners 37-30. to uh, Spencer Rattler, 25 or 36, 300 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Good game by him, but not enough to uh, beat this Iowa State Cyclones team. You got Brock Purdy, 12 for 24, 254 yards, one touchdown. You got Brees Hall, who had a monster day. 28 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Very, very, very good on his part. And Xavier Hutchinson, three receptions, 83 yards, uh, one touchdown. Uh, Charlie Kohler, four receptions, 66 yards. I mean, definitely they were spreading the ball, Iowa was, and Iowa State was, I should say. And the Cyclones got it done. They are 2-1. and one. They are ranked 24th. Listen, they're going to get into a nice bowl appearance. Nothing college football playoff-wise, but the bigger story here, Oklahoma, who was, I believe, a game away or was at the college football uh, final uh, last year, they have fallen off the cliff. Let me repeat that. They have fallen off the cliff like nobody's business. Very, very bad, and... uh, yeah, it's it's not good. It's definitely not good, and we'll uh, we'll definitely have to f- 
figure out what Oklahoma is planning to do, but the college football playoff is definitely not in their mix. Hey, still trapping. I'm still trapping. Wrapping up the practice. Hey! Still trapping. Trapping still. Drug addicts. Drug addicts. Mathematics. Mathematics. Keep the ratchet. Make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. I ain't captain. No. Bricks all in my mattress. Bricks. I need the cash deposit. Cash. Lamborghini not the miser. Pay my young niggas to body. You better have. LSU. Beat down the Vanderbilt Commodores 41-7. Miles Brennan, 23 for 37, 337 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. John Emery Jr., 12 carries under three yards, one touchdown. Uh, we could talk about Terrace Marshall Jr. with the two receptions, 67 yards, and two touchdowns. We could talk about John Trey Kirkland, three receptions, 65 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, again, it was definitely more spread the ball for uh, LSU, not really a particular wide receiver that was going out there and catching those. Uh, Vanderbilt, um, yeah, uh, Ken Seals, 11 completions, 25 attempts, 113 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Not a good day for him. Uh, JVR Marlowe, 17 carries, 83 yards, not bad, but uh, that's really the only bright spot on this day as LSU completely took over Vanderbilt. Wasn't even a game. Wasn't really ever that close. Clemson also put a beat down as well, 41-23. Clemson Tigers over the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, Virginia, let's start there. Brennan Armstrong, 24-43, 270 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Not a bad day for him, but, you know, this is Clemson. You're going to need to do a lot better if you want to beat Clemson. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, 22 carries, 89 yards. Good game from him. Billy Kemp, 10 receptions, 96 yards. Good game for him as well for the Virginia Cavaliers. For uh, Clemson, the uh, expected number one overall pick in the NFL draft next year, Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 38, uh, 329 yards, three touchdowns. Travis Etienne, 14 carries, 73 yards, one touchdown. Uh, and he is also a particularly good wide receiver as he got five receptions, 114 yards, one touchdown. Mari Rogers, six receptions, 72 yards, two touchdowns there. Like I said, it was a Clemson beatdown, and there was no stopping these Clemson Tigers. So, with all that being said, uh, definitely we had some very, very good college football action. Uh, very intriguing, some good upsets. Let's take a look at the uh, NFL, and let's talk about the week of NFL sports, because we've got a lot of news to talk about that in... Uh, and like I said, you know, there were just some games that just absolutely shocked me. Uh, 29, not a shocker right there, necessarily. I mean, it was very close, which shocked me, but not necessarily the result. Uh, Drew Brees, 19 for 25, 246 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Alvin Kamara, who is on my fantasy team, my Money League fantasy team, 19 carries, 83 yards, one touchdown. Latavius Murray, 14 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns for the day. So a very good game from him. Uh, Traquan Smith, who I decided out of a whim... I have an absolute whim. I have no statistics to back this up. I do not have any reason nor any research. I just went on my gut check with this one. Uh, Traquan Smith, four receptions, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Appreciate it very much as that is going to carry, hopefully carry me to victory in my Nerd Herd Fantasy Football League. Definitely appreciate your contributions for my team. Very much appreciated. Good job, Traquan Smith. Keep on going. 
Uh, Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford, 17 for 31, 206 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Adrian Peterson, the uh, legendary running back who keeps on chucking, 11 carries, 36 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Kenny Galladay had a touchdown, but four receptions, 62 yards. DeAndre Swift had a touchdown, four receptions, 30 yards. And, uh, you know, he finally was able to catch a ball after his uh, embarrassing drop in week one where he could have had the game winner against the Chicago Bears, but that is all past history. That is no longer part of the, that's no longer part of what needs to happen right now. So the way I look at this, New Orleans, they're two and two. They obviously have to play uh, catch up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point. So they just got to keep winning some of these games. I mean, Detroit Lions, one and three, they got, you know, they got a victory over Arizona, which we'll talk about later and kind of where they're, where they're at. But, um, New Orleans just got to keep winning these games. And then if, if they do that, they'll catch with Tampa Bay. They'll, uh, they do have the tiebreaker as of right now because they did win week one when Tampa Bay traveled to New Orleans, but New Orleans will have to win when they go to Tampa Bay. That's the, and, and, you know, if everything stays the same in terms of division, in terms of win-loss, in terms of games back, New Orleans just has to keep the pace at this point. I definitely believe that they can do that, but it, it, it's very interesting that uh, I did not expect the Saints to have to play catch-up. I thought it was going to be Tampa Bay. But speaking of Tampa Bay, they beat the Chargers 38-31. to Very, very close game. Very intriguing game. Let's start off with the Chargers. And uh, Justin Herbert, 20 for 25, 290 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. This was definitely his best game as a Chargers quarterback. And I- I'll tell you what, doing it against Tampa Bay, I mean, they're not Carolina. They're, I mean, they're definitely much better than Carolina. I would say they're on par with the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of just kind of defensive strengths. But... This is Justin Herbert's best game. And I definitely love the promise from this kid. He definitely can make those throws. He can definitely, you know, chuck it when he needs to. He He's definitely playing a lot smarter. I mean, one one interception. I mean, listen, he's not perfect. Nobody nobody is. But it's, it's in terms of being able to play on one of the more premier teams in the league right now, having that confidence to go out there and perform. Great job by him. I can't say that for the San Diego D. De- I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers defense. Can't really say that you played well, but, uh, you know, they, they have a bright spot with Justin Herbert. Uh, Buccaneers, Tom Brady, 30 for 46, 369 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Ronald Jones, the second with 20 carries, 111 yards. Uh, Mike Evans, seven receptions, 122 yards, one touchdown. Scott Miller, five receptions, 83 yards, one touchdown. OJ Howard, three receptions, 50 yards, one touchdown. Keyshawn Vaughn, two receptions, 22 yards, but a touchdown. And Cameron Brait with a touchdown as well. Tom Brady, I mean, he played out of his absolute mind. Now, yes, this is against the Chargers defense, which, you know, we don't think of it as particularly good. However, Tom Brady played. He absolutely came to play today. And after being 0-1 and people questioning him, people questioning the play calling, they are winning games. Now, yes... 
Those wins were against the Carolina Panthers. We'll get to them in a second. They were against my Denver Broncos, who are one and three. But are are you know they got some steam right now with that victory over the uh, New York Football Jets, who are currently zero and four. But that's a different story for another day. And they also beat a one and three Los Angeles Chargers team. So yes, you could take those victories with a grain of salt. But a win is a win. You play who you play. You cannot uh, dictate the schedule. So good, uh, good stuff from Tampa Bay. Good start. You're number one in the division. Keep it up. Definitely keep it up. Uh, Jaguars and Bengals. Now I called on the show yesterday on the show. Uh, the last episode, episode 24, the Keeping It 100 podcast, you can check that out. I called that the Bengals were going to get their first win here, and they absolutely did. Now, the Joe Burrow had the great best game. 25 for 36, 300 yards, one touchdown, one interception, no. But Joe Mixing went completely off. He is in my fantasy league, I believe. I hope I did not bench him, because if I benched him, I would be an absolute moron. Let me repeat that one more time. An absolute moron. But uh, he played a very, very, very good game against a, uh, a Jaguars team, which, listen, the Jaguars are who we thought they were going to be. I, I picked this team to go last in the division. They're 1-3. and three. Gardner Minshew definitely wasn't his fault. 37 for 40, 351 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He played a good game. but And, you know, DJ Chark. Eight receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns. That's going to make somebody happy in fantasy. However, however, let's all face facts. And by the way, I did have Joe Mixon in that game. He got me 52 points in my uh, fantasy football by Wolf Cola Fantasy Football League. So I appreciate your contribution to my victory in that game as well. Appreciate all the love and support. And uh, yeah, these are two bottom feeder teams. I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going to mince words here. I keep it 100 here. Two bottom feeder teams that were just looking for a victory. And the Bengals took it. They're 1-2-1. One, 1-2-1 two, and one. One, two, and one, the Bengals are. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Vikings-Texans. The Vikings take the victory over the Houston Texans 31-23. We're going to start with the Vikings first because we have a lot to talk about with the Texans, including one particular breaking news that was just released today. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 16 for 22, 260 yards, one touchdown. Dalvin Cook, 27 carries, 130 yards, two touchdowns. If you are a Dalvin Cook fantasy football owner, you are very happy with his performance, finally. And also, if you if you had him, Thielen, you're also pretty happy, too. Eight receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Very, very good on him. Now, let's go to the Texans. So before we get into that breaking news I mentioned earlier, why don't we start with the statistics? Deshaun Watson, 20 for 33, 300 yards, two touchdowns. Definitely not a bad game from him. Uh, David Johnson, 16 carries, 63 yards. Eh, it's all right, but not what we need. Uh, Will Fuller, six receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown. He's going to make some fantasy football people happy. Uh, Kenny Stills, he had a touchdown, but uh, that is pretty much it. Now... The big story of the day, the very big story of the day is the Bill O'Brien story. Bill O'Brien, as of sometime today, I, I, I don't have the exact uh, you know time, hour, whatnot, but he has been fired. He is fired after uh, guiding this Texans team to an 0-4 start. 
This was a must-win game for one of these teams, especially Houston, because, listen, I understand losing to Kansas City. I even understand losing to Baltimore. I may understand losing to Pittsburgh, but when you lose to an 0-3 Vikings team, that's kind of curtains for you, buddy. And uh, remember, this is the guy that gave up DeAndre Hopkins because, because he believed he could get David Johnson in here and do something well. That experiment has not worked. This team is regressing to 0-4. Deshaun Watson does not uh, does not have anybody to throw the football to. It is going to be a very long and a very painful season for the Texans this year. And by the way, I, I did say that they were going to make it to the wild card and they were going to win the division. And now uh, that decision has... Uh, Ultimately, an egg on my face. It feels nice. It feels very nice that I got an egg on my face with the, with this team right now. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, Seahawks and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Russell Wilson, 24-34, 60 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Thank you, sir. You are on my uh, Nerd Herd Fantasy Football League, and I definitely needed you to perform, and you did. Uh, Chris Carson had 16 carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, DK Metcalf, four receptions, 106 yards. David Moore, three receptions, 95 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Travis Homer had a touchdown, but that's about it. This Miami, now this game, you know, for all intents and purposes, was very close. It was down to the wire each and every step of the way. And uh, it, it was a game that, a lot of people did not believe it was going to be very close. And I've said this before. Brian Flores is a very good coach for this Miami Dolphins team. And we'll get into the statistics right here. Give me just a moment here. But, uh, you know, when we talk about the Miami Dolphins, they're a team that will play hard. They're really starting to show that they trust the coach, that they believe the coach that they actually are building into his philosophy. Then Ryan Fitzpatrick, 29 for 45, 315 yards, two, two interceptions. He knows, he knows he's not the guy. We're all just waiting for Tua Tungavaloga to pop up. And I do believe that will happen when they play the 49ers. Uh, listen, you could look at me and say, well, isn't that too early? Isn't that a really tough test for Tua Tungavaloga? Aren't you pushing him in too hard? And I, I definitely understand those points. However, this is a guy that I definitely believe will inspire Dolphins fans, their fan base, this organization to prosperity. And I believe that they also have the right head coach for the job for this team. So Ryan Fitzpatrick also, I, I do need to talk about his rushing yard. Six carries, 47 yards, one touchdown. So, you know, he, 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 it's not like he didn't, you know, he had one rushing touchdown. So let's give him credit for that. Uh, Devontae Parker, 10 receptions, 110 yards. That's pretty much only it for fantasy stuff. So, mm, I, I need to see more from this Dolphins team later. Uh, the big shocker, though, to a lot of people, including me, was the... Uh, Run that shit from the top, Real nigga, real nigga, real nigga radio. A fact of life is that we will be remembered more for what we destroyed than what we built. History is written by the victors. That's why we must win at all costs. This is your story. Take off, young nigga. Uh, Uh, 
I told the bitch this a dinner date. She wanna fuck on me, then stay. Pulled off in the stingray. So talk the bait rule, not the sauce. Browns. They beat the Cowboys 49-38. Now, let's give credit where credit is due. Baker Mayfield had a good game. 19 for 30, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Listen, I know the, I know the yards is a bit down, but, you know, 19 for 30. Not I can't do it in my head right now, but that's at least a 60, 70% completion percentage. So, definitely not too bad there. Uh, Jarvis Landry, you know, he just had to throw two. Had a completion, 37 yards for a touchdown. So, he gets a passing touchdown added to his career, if that means anything. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., two receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown. Kareem Hutt. Uh, and this was rushing, by the way. Uh, Kareem Hunt had 11 carries, 71 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., hey, he finally did something if you were an owner of Odell Beckham Jr. Five receptions, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Good game from him. Austin Hooper, five receptions, 34 yards, one touchdown from him. Cowboys. Woo. Man. Y'all would be 0-4 right now if Atlanta dis- if Atlanta knew how to you know hold a lead. Let me tell you. Uh, Dak Prescott, though, 41-58, 502 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Great, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that came all within the fourth quarter as you know, in the first quarter you put up 14 points. So you had a lead against the Cleveland Browns, and then you uh, essentially went goose egg in the second and goose egg in the third quarter. So... Um, y'all are going to need to step it up. Everybody in that division needs to step it up. The division leader, by the way, is below 500. Let that sink in for a section, second. And let me repeat. The division leader in the NFC least division is under 500. And I don't expect that to uh, go away anytime soon. I mean, whew. y'all got some work to do, Cowboys. Y'all got some work to do. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 12 carries, 54 yards. Tony Pollard, 3 carries, 16 yards, and a touchdown. Mari Cooper had a big game. 12 receptions, 134 yards, 1 touchdown. He was in my fantasy league, so thank you for your contribution. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, 5 receptions, 79 yards, 2 touchdowns. If you picked him up, you were happy. Dalton Schultz, 4 receptions, 72 yards, 1 touchdown. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott also had 8 receptions, 71 yards, so... All in all, a, a stat stuffer for Ezekiel Elliott, but, you know, that doesn't make the team feel good. Team doesn't get the victory with stat stuffers. Now, the other particular team that I was surprised with, uh, Cardinals have uh, lost two games. They are in a skid right now. Carolina Panthers win 31-21, and credit where credit is due, Panthers have won two games in a row. They are back to 500. We'll start with Kyler Murray, 24 for the... 24 for 31, excuse me, 133 yards, three touchdowns. So he was putting on the touchdowns, but not a whole lot of yards. I mean, it doesn't matter. Touchdowns are more important, but wow. He kind of he kind of was limited that uh, in today's game. He did have six carries, 78 yards, so we got to give him some credit there. Kenyon Drake, 13 carries, 35 yards. Not going to get it done, pal. Not going to get it done. Uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about, but uh, the winners in terms of uh, you know touchdown receptions who you should have in your fantasy league, Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, and Jordan Thomas. Uh, that's about it. Now for the winners. 
Tay Bridgewater, 26 for 37, 276 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Not a bad game from him, very decent. Uh, Mike Davis, 16 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown. Oh, and by the way, Teddy Bridgewater also ran for uh, six carries, 32 yards, and a touchdown. So I would like to keep that in mind as well. Very good game from Teddy Bridgewater on both sides of the ball. In terms of stats, uh, Robbie Anderson did get you eight receptions, 99 yards. Reggie Bonifant got you a touchdown, and Ian Thomas got you a touchdown. So that is it for this game of uh, now, I did say Cardinals were either going to be third or fourth. Right now, they are in that position with the... Actually, no. So what we got going on right now is a three-wide tie for second with the 49ers, which we'll get to later. Cardinals, who are 2-2, two and two, and Rams that we'll get to later at 2-2. Two and two. So NFC West is in a bit of a tangle right there. The Carolina Panthers are now in third place in the NFC South... Uh, yeah, and no, no, they're in a tie for with New Orleans. They're in a tie with New Orleans for second, and Atlanta's in dead last. Atlanta's in dead last, and I definitely believe that, uh, and we'll get to predictions here in a second, but we'll, uh, I don't expect Atlanta to beat, to beat the Packers. I don't think anybody expects Atlanta to beat the Falcons. I'm sorry. Nobody expects Atlanta to beat the Packers. Whew. Excuse me. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, they got back on the winning thing, the winning side of things. They beat the uh, Washington football team, or as I like to call them, the Washington whatevers, 31 to 17. Uh, Lamar Jackson got uh, 14 for 21, 193 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, but he did have seven carries, 53 yards, and one rushing touchdown, so we'll keep that in mind. Uh, you had Robert Griffin, the third, throw an interception. You had Sam Koch. Had a uh, one completion for 15 yards. Uh, rushing, Lamar Jackson, seven carries, hit the three yards, one pick. Mark Ingram Jr., eight carries, 34 yards, one pick as well. If for fantasy, Mark Andrews was the big hero for you because he had two touchdowns. For Washington, Dwayne Haskins, 32 45, 314 yards. Um, not a bad game from him, but they were playing Baltimore, and this team is one and three. They don't have a lot of weapons, so I just feel I just feel bad for Dwayne Haskins. And, and, and listen, I don't know what Washington's going to do. I really hope if they uh, they do end up, you know, being in one of the high higher seeds for the draft picks, because listen, they're definitely not going to go to the playoffs. Let's just you know, let's keep this a hundred. No one expects Washington to get into the playoffs, so we're looking at the draft. If they get one of the higher seeds, I do hope that they still stick with Dwayne Haskins. It's he hasn't even had a full season yet, so and he's definitely getting better and better and better the more that I see them. So I definitely hope that Dwayne de- keeps his team rolling. For uh, Antonio Gibson on for the for his team, the Washington team, thirteen carries, forty six yards, one touchdown. Uh, also, Dwayne Haskins had a rushing touchdown, so I'll put that into consideration as well. Terry McLaurin, 10 receptions, 118 yards, and that's more so the... Uh, we'll even throw uh, Antonio Gibson for receptions, a 2 yards, but that's pretty much the uh, big story right there from uh, Baltimore versus Washington. Giants and Rams. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams beat, set, beat the Giants 17-9. I think everybody 
thought that, that the Rams were going to beat the Giants. I was of the mindset that the Giants were going to upset them, and they weren't. They were. I was not far off. It was a very close game. Los Angeles, you know, they barely beat the Giants, and I get it. You know what? A win's a win, no matter how ugly it is. But I am. I'm going to say this. It was a very close game against an 0-4 Giants team. I, I, you know, and by the way, because they're three and one, I have to, uh, I have to uh, correct something I said beforehand. The Rams are in second place. The 49ers and the Cardinals are tied for last place. But because the Cardinals won the first the game, uh, the week one game against the 49ers, that means that the Cardinals are in third place and the 49ers are in last place. I get it. It's it's uh, four weeks into the season, so let's all uh, you know. Let's pump the brakes. But uh, it's it's, fu- it's funny for me to say that the 49ers are in last place. Kind of gets me a chuckle. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones for the Giants. So uh, twenty three for thirty six hundred ninety yards, one interception, and uh, nothing to write home about if you're uh, you know the running backs for the Giants because uh, you don't have uh, Saquon Barkley. And uh, Darius Slayton, three receptions, 48 yards. He's on my fantasy team, and he was probably the biggest highlight in that game. So, yeah, that's about it for the Giants. And then the Rams, nothing special there either. Jared Goff, 25 for 32, 200 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, nothing right to home about. Oh, Cooper Cup got five receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. So at least you won, or at least I say at least your team was... uh, Definitely in the momentum for winning if you had Cooper Cup as your one of your wide receivers. For the Bills and Raiders, the uh, Buffalo Bills beat the Las Vegas Raiders 30-23. Uh, Josh Allen had 34 for 24, 288 yards, two touchdowns. Devin Singletary, 18 carries, 55 yards, one touchdown. Josh Allen had a rushing touchdown as well. Stephon Diggs, six receptions, 115 yards. Colt Beasley, three receptions, 32 yards, one touchdown. Gabriel Davis, one reception, 26 yards, one touchdown. So those were the bigger fantasy players that you uh, were rooting for if indeed you had those players on your team. The Las Vegas Raiders, who are now 2-2 two two after going 2-0, and oh, which, you know, I know I hate to rag on my guy Leo, who is uh, while and he is a primary Broncos fan. Let's make sure we uh, we state that fact. He his number one team is the Broncos, but he has said that his second team is the Raiders. So I'm just going to give him a little nudge right there and say uh, ah two uh, two losses in a row for the Raiders. And listen, I've got a lot of good people in my life that are Raiders fans. So hey, hey, listen. Just because you're a Raider fan doesn't make you a bad guy. I'll say that right then and there. But uh, getting back to the point, the uh, game right here, Derek Carr, 32 for 44, 311 yards, two touchdowns. Very good game from him. Uh, Let's see. Not a whole lot to say in the rushing department. Darren Waller, nine receptions, 88 yards. Nelson Aguilar got you a touchdown. Jason Witten got you a touchdown. So those are your fantasy winners right there. Uh, Buffalo Bills. You know, I said that they were going to be first or second in that division, and I definitely believe that they have a chance to go to the playoffs. But they are rolling right now at 4-0. They are rolling right now. So we're going to have to pay special attention to them as the season rolls on. 
Uh, this was a game I didn't expect to happen. A uh, Colts picked up the victory, nineteen eleven, over the Chicago Bears. Philip Rivers, he didn't have the best game, sixteen for twenty nine hundred ninety yards, one touchdown. Uh, Jason Taylor, seventeen carries, sixty eight yards, and uh, Mo Ali Cox had a touchdown for you. So that's about it for the Colts, and then for the Bears, Nick Foles, twenty six for forty two, two hundred forty nine yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, the rushing game did not do absolutely anything for you. Uh, Allen Robinson got you seven receptions, 101 yards, and one touchdown if you had him on your team. All in all, this was a very ugly game. Offensively, it was a very defensively ug- ugly game, I'll sh- I-, I should say. But uh, more to the point, now because we... And we'll get to this game in a bit. But let's just say I believe Chicago now is going to be second in that division. The Detroit Lions, who are 1-3, will be third. And then the Vikings will be 1-3. Oh, so the Vikings and the Lions will be tied for last place. The Colts, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but because the Titans have a bye. No, the Titans have a bye because of the fact that they uh, have an outbreak in the coronavirus right now. So... But the Colts are definitely 3-1. and one. The Titans ought to make up their game, but they're 3-0, you know, so it's definitely a headline race for both the uh, Colts and Titans to see who will take control of the AFC South. Yeah. Live on the track. I don't be sliding through no blocks, I be slipping by How you fucking the same niggas that done killed the guy And you try to sell my dick, call me a lie I don't give your ass no cash, I just get you high You a Tati Anaheim, how you a Bobby Dow, bitch You ain't gotta cry, and you be fucking for that Now, the next game we need to talk about uh, is one that I picked the Eagles to upset. I I, I picked. I'm just going to, you know, pump, pat myself on the back right now. Let me go ahead and do that. Good job, me. Uh, I picked the Eagles to beat the 49ers 25 to 20. Carson Wentz, 18 for 28, 193 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, you got Carson Wentz also rushing for seven carries, 37 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, if you had Travis Fulgham, you got a touchdown out of it. But uh, it was a very, very con- tightly contested game. Not a big scoring shootout by any means. And then for the 49ers, you got Nick Mullins, 18 for 26, 200 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. They had to bring in C.J. Beathard because of how atrocious the uh, the game was. 14 for 19, 138 yards. So, you know, I said before, can Nick Mullins do anything in terms of, does he have a promising future in the league? That game kind of exposed him. And I might have to, uh, I, I might have to, uh, walk back my statement by saying that Nick Mullins is nothing else but a career backup. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon, 14 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk also got you a rushing touchdown as well. And then George Kittle, who I have on my fantasy team for my money league, played some money 
ball last night. 15 receptions, 183 yards, one touchdown. Thank you for contributing to my cause. Definitely appreciated right there, my friend. Now, we do have some other games that are going on. Uh, we currently have Patriots and Chiefs going on with Kansas City Chiefs had the ball 3 nothing. Again, the big story in this one is the fact that Cam Newton is not playing quarterback, but instead you have a guy named Brian Hoyer playing in there. And the reason why is because Cam Newton is tested positive for the coronavirus. And not only that, but a Chiefs player also tested positive, which is why they had to move back the game to today. But, I mean... You have all these games. You have all these teams getting tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, I don't want to talk about what's going on in the White House because, listen, whatever's going on in there is the uh, is the direct result and fault of the guy who's leading the White Office. And we don't need to talk about him right now because every time I do, I just have to get the vomit bucket out. It's bad. It's really bad. So let's not do that right now. But instead, let's talk about these Kansas City Chiefs who and these Patriots and the fact that this game is going on. Uh, so, so far, pretty much a tightly contested game. This one is about to go into the end of the first quarter, although Kansas City Chiefs are driving on the New England 31-yard line, so we'll have to see what happens in that. I'll have re- more reactions during the uh, later part of the week, but, uh, yeah, I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if we see more games being delayed. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more teams getting infected with this coronavirus. Again, if it was up to me, if it gets to a point where it's a serious outbreak, I'm going to go with the route of I value human life over sports. I will be 100% on that. I believe human value a human life is definitely more important than anything else because without humans, you know, we wouldn't have our beautiful world. That, is, that also includes one Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I just had to make a joke right there. But anyway, <laughs> so that, uh, that that takes care of the Patriots and Chiefs. And then later tonight, we'll get the uh, Falcons and Packers. That game will start in about uh, 6.50 my time and about uh, 8.50 for all you New Yorkers out there and East Coasters. So the last sports topic that we need to talk about is the NBA. Now, game three... Well, uh, we it was a very, very, very exciting result for all the Heat fans, including my lovely cousin Daniel Sender, who was on this show before. The Heat won 115 to 104. I predicted the Heat was going to win in order to get them back into the series. Let's talk losers first. The Lakers, uh, LeBron James, double double, ten rebounds, twenty five points. Anthony Davis had a uh, not his best game. 15 points in under 33 minutes. Not going to get that done there, my friend. Uh, besides that, I mean, you had Markeith Morris, 19 points in 25 minutes. Kyle Kuzma, 19 points in 23 minutes. But, yeah, it was just not a good game for the Lakers. Just not a good game whatsoever. Uh, it could be an off game for them. We'll have to see what happens when they go into game four. But, this is Miami's time to get themselves back into the series. And by the way, speaking of big time, let's talk about the guy who I said time and time again will come clutch. Jimmy, the clutch butler, triple-double. Let me give you the stats. 11 rebounds, 13 assists, 40 points, 45 minutes. Great game from him. Uh, Jay Crowder, not so much with the 12 points in, in 34 minutes. Uh, Duncan Robinson, 13 points in 39 minutes. 
Tyler Hero, he's a rookie. Let's give him some credit. 17 points, 36 minutes. Not bad for a rookie. Kelly Olnick, 17 points in 31 minutes. So, you know, the thing is, this team is going to go as far as Jimmy Butler is going to carry him. And Jimmy Butler it has no... Has showed me that he has no signs of slowing down. You knew that the Miami Heat were going to get at least a game out of this series. They actually did, and now it's their turn to uh, get this series even up. Game four will take place tomorrow at seven o'clock p.m. Colorado time, nine o'clock p.m. for all the East Coasters out there. Okay, so let's go ahead and do a a switch here now. I know I normally, I'm the sports guy, I normally talk about sports on this show, but I would like to bring a little bit of variety to this, uh, you know, because we're keeping it 100, we're not just sports, but we're entertainment, we're music, we're movies, etc. So I'm going to bring a little entertainment into here, and I am going to finally give the series that I've been talking about so long on this show, you know, one of my favorite series that I've watched uh, in terms of anime. We are finally going to go over in-depth Black Clover. I've got my notes with me. Let's go ahead and get this thing going. Now, this is a current series. So the you know the, the the episodes are still coming out, the manga is still coming out, and that I'll tell you what the way that that series is going, there no there's no shortage of it slowing down anytime soon. So we're definitely going to have a lot of episodes to talk about during the upcoming future of keeping it 100. I will say this: there is going to be a point in. T- I definitely don't want to do this all in one sitting. Only because I know that, you know, some of the English dub episodes out there are currently not available for the latest episodes that are coming out. So I want to give it some time so that we could talk about those episodes too. I figure that I can cover at least four episodes today. And then whether I want to do this once a week, twice a week, we'll have to see. But uh, I know that, you know, at least getting some variety on here is going to be a lot of fun for the show. So... Let's talk about Black Clover. You know, let's let's start from the beginning, just as all good stories do. They start at the beginning. So, in this show, episode one, it brings about the beginning of Yuno and Asta. Asta is a magicless boy in a magical, magicful world. And he is, and his goal is to become the Wizard King. Now, when you think of Wizard King, let's let let's break this down, right? When you think of Wizard King, you think, wait, shouldn't you have magic at least? And I get that; I totally get that. And you might think, oh, this is crazy; it's never going to work. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, some things. Can't you? Some things the impossible can become the possible, like we'll get into later. So, in the show, you've got uh, Yuno and Asta, you know, and in the beginning, uh, at least in episode one, you kind of see, you know, the differences. You know, Asta is trying his hardest to, uh, you know, try something in magic, but he can't do it, although he's, you know, physically built. He can do all the push-ups. He can do all the crunches. He he physically trains his body. So while he's not 
magically gifted, he's still working his ass off to, you know, build his dream, which is very goddamn inspiring, by the way. Probably the reason why Asta is my favorite character of all time in anime. Ooh, I get, oh my god, that must be a hot take for everybody. I know, but uh, I'll say it again. Asta is my favorite anime character of all time. Now, you know, he has no problem with magic. He can, he can do the magic, as you'll uh, see in episode one, that he can, do all the, he can do all the great things and whatnot. And it, it talks about, you know, you initially see a, a standoffish like kind of attitude between these two characters. Like, they don't kind of like each other. Like, you get that sort of vibe. But, um, you know, you can kind of tell that there was some sort of bond there, which the show will get into, you know, in the in the episode. But you don't know why. Like, you don't know what went from they were, you know, brothers at one point. You know, you felt the brotherly feeling to, you know, F you, that, that kind of vibe from these two. Uh, and then during the latter part of that episode, we get to the, uh, what we call the Grimoire Acceptance Ceremony, which is a, a, a word, a a word of, uh, I would say, you know, everybody gets their grimoires and I won't, I won't tell you the results because that's spoiling the show and I'd rather you, uh, watch the show before, uh, before I say anything. But, uh, you know, we get to that point and then, um... After that, you then get to a uh, a fight, you know, between one of the one of the two main characters and with with the with another dude, and you really start to kind of see who is in, in my eyes, you know, someone building themselves up to finally dreaming of that possibility, finally seeing that possibility come to life. And I will leave that episode there for you. You know, I'll let you I'll let you watch it. So episode two comes around. And, you know, this gets more into Asta and Yuno's past, kind of, you know, what we saw in episode one was, you know, you got a glimpse of what was the past kind of that bond that they share but you you know you never got to see the full like you know where they were when that when they were kids but episode two covers that in a lot more detail and then it also brings the results of that fight of that fight that you saw at the ending of the first episode who the victor was in that and again i i know i'm being a bit vague but i definitely want to allow everybody to watch the show first and then when we do the next episode, then we'll get into spoiler talk because at that point I would expect you to watch episodes one through four. So apologize if I'm being vague, but again, this is for your own good in terms of watch the damn show, then we can get into spoilers. So they get into a fight, you get to see the past, and you know, you get to then see, you know, the, the true bond that Asta and Yuno share. Then in episode three, you know, they, uh, <clears throat> they're getting, you know, there's a Magic Knight's entrance exam that's going on, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they get ready for it. They're, you know, both Asta and Yuno, they're getting prepared for it. 
and uh, you know it's a it's a matter of just kind of seeing you know the differences between Asta's personality and Yuno's personality in terms of how they interact with other characters. In my opinion, like you really get to see you know who, in my opinion, Asta really is, which is really cool. And and, and it's not like Yuno's a bad character. In fact, I really like Yuno. But, um, you know, you understand if you read the manga, if you get into the series, you know, who who's going to be the focus, who's going to be the main center of attention here. And they uh, at the and again, they they're just getting ready for the exam. And then for episode four, episode four. So at this point, they get to the exam, you know, they they get to meet like kind of the main players in terms of. You know the who's hot, the who's not kind of kind of characters, and uh, you actually get to see. You actually get to see also, and again, I just I just don't want to go into spoilers here because it's um it's important for me to let you watch the show first. But you essentially get to see one of the two characters kick somebody's ass, and it wasn't even close. So that is so all in all. This series, when you get into the first four episodes, it's a very intriguing series in terms of, okay, you're now building a world full of magic. You're, you know, there's kind of different roles to, you know, where you stand if you're a magic user, depending on your power, depending on what kind of magic you can do. Like you could be one of these magic fighters, or you can have a job that involves magic. Now, for uh, Asta, how his role fits into the universe, you'll see in episodes one through four. But, you know, intriguing to see, you know, what the magic-less uh, Asta can do with uh, in his own, how he wants to shape his own dream. And you also get to see kind of the personalities mainly between one Asta and one, you know, as they grow up together. And as they set into the capital city to take on their part of their lives in terms of trying to become Magic Knights, to have that first step of becoming the Wizard King, which both of these two people share. And it's interesting because you look at it from a perspective of Asta trying to do this without any magic, but has a head of hell of a determination to get where he wants to go and then you got you know who has the magic who has everything kind of set in stone you you know the kind of the perfect magic fighter that you're looking for and you see how these two compete how these two kind of match up with one another at least you know through the first uh four episodes and it's pretty incredible it's pretty incredible so we talked about the college football we talked about the nfl we talked about the nba and we talked a little black clover now again i know the black clover discussion was a little bit shorter i'm going to save a more extended talk of black clover as we get into these next episodes you know again I don't want to spoil anything majorly because I want everybody to watch the show. So I definitely recommend everyone pays attention uh, to the show. And afterwards, we'll have a more extended discussion when we get into 
you know the later episodes in this series. So it for myself, Jordan Rosario, DJ Storytime. This is keeping it 100, and I'm signing off. <laughs>